All right, recruits, line up. Now, the reason that you're all here today is that I'm going to make real soldiers out of you. I'm going to turn you all into real men. Yeah, but, like, what does that mean, sir? You'll speak when spoken to, cadet. But you do raise a good question. Because, you see, what it means to be a man is it means to be strong. Strong how? Physically strong. Hey, you know, that reminds me of my sister. Your your what? Yeah, my sister. She's got muscles on her muscles. She could take anyone in an arm wrestling contest. That that does sound pretty strong. Yeah. Hmm. I bet she could take you, sir. Now, hold on a minute, recruit. (laughs) It takes more than just muscles to be a man. Being a man also means being tough. Tough as nails. Yeah, you want to hear about tough. You should hear about my godmother. She gave birth to some beautiful children. And it it takes a lot of strength to go through that process. You gotta be tough to pump out those kids. (laughs) Me, I could never do it. Okay, sure, sure. But you know, a man also has to have integrity. Oh, what's integrity? It's moral character and a force of will. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That reminds me of my cousin. Oh, yeah, what's he like? Well, actually, sir, she's a she. One of them she's. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she caught a thief in our house. And uh, instead of letting the mob take him down, she took him to the local magistrate for justice. That's integrity. Uh, that's, That's pretty good, yeah, hmm. I, you know, recruits, I think we all learned something today. Anybody can be a real man. Yeah! Yeah! You know Dr. Doolittle? I know of him. For the show we should call, if we ever watch that, we should call our episode Dr. Doodude a little. I thought you were going to say Poo a little. Dr. Poo a little. (laughs) She just pooed a little. Wait for the sequel, Dr. Shit a lot. I remember the quest for shit a lot, but not that one. No, yeah. <laughs> we'll watch that for the show. <laughs> God damn it. The quest for crypto. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> Yourself or your yes, life? <laughs> because I heard the word Jack said. It made me hate myself. <laughs> I don't like somebody who heard those words. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
it lowers my opinion of myself that I heard that. That sentence. your brain could process it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be one of those recordings. <laughs> Good. I like it. I like this energy. Yeah. Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Molkel. My pronouns are he and him, and I am here with my manly co-hosts. I'm Cassidy. They, them pronouns, and I'm a chicken just scratching for feed in the yard. Then one day I was called upon to do an epic quest to save the farm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Neat. From that sly fox. <laughs> Who's always trying to come over the fence? I see. Is this a metaphor? No, I think I'm just pulling from some deep memory from childhood of some cartoon movie I saw. No, I thought you were going to joke about like having to disguise yourself with a rooster <laughs> to join the rooster militia. I guess. Yeah, it could be something like that. We could just that, punch up your fits. bit live here. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> Both the we'll chicken. workshop it. Both the chicken disguised as the rooster and Mulan disguised as a soldier. In a Venn diagram, they both fit into the quote, nice cock. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do they? That's great. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, but who am I? Who are you? Who uh, are any of us? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Jack Olander. My pronouns are any and all. And uh, I am not from China. So, I believe you. I do believe you. So my skin is blue, and my eyes are glowing violet. Ah, and I, I have uh, antlers that reach the sky and claws that reach the earth. <laughs> All right. I see where you're going here. You know, like anyone not from China has. Right. Because <laughs> as we know, this film dehumanizes people who are not the main characters. That's right. A very elaborate joke that might have been offensive if we did not explain it. <laughs> I can smell Jamie's stinky sweat of fear. <laughs> okay. Which, yeah. The essential oils help cover it up. Yeah. Yes. But guys, we're here to talk about a movie today. We could talk about a movie today, but you know, sometimes we could probably just like Shoot the shit and have that be an episode. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how tired I am from now on. <laughs> requires very little editing. Why are you tired, Jamie? Uh, because I don't get enough sleep thanks to our cat. Oh, there's also another reason. Is but there? you don't want to say. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, today we watched a movie, which is not actually accurate. But recently we watched a movie, and we're going to be talking about it today. That is accurate. And then you're going to be listening to it right now whenever you're listening to it, listener. I'm oh. speaking to you directly. Holy shit. I know that you're listening right now because you can hear my voice. Oh, you're so right. They're always listening right now. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, what the hell are you doing? You're like conjuring the listener right now. I, I can like... Yeah, I see them like fading in and out behind you there. Yeah, oh, God. I can nearly like taste them. What oh. the fuck? <laughs> well, anyways, today we are talking about the 1998 
animated classic, Mulan. Yeah. Not the 2020 non-animated, non-classic, also called Mulan. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the other one. My brain refuses to believe those other ones exist, I guess. Probably for the better. But before we talk about it, we should probably tell about it, by which I mean do a little summary. Show, don't tell. Uh, This is a show, yes, and we tell people what we watched. Ah, good. Oh, I'll show them. Look at this. No, very nice. Was that useful? No, not at all. (laughs) Better tell them. (laughs) (laughs) That sure showed me. Uh. Don't make me tell you again. (laughs) A lot of psychic damage for Jamie in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh-uh. So there's this guy, Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sorry, Ping. Yeah. So there's this guy, Ping, right? He- yeah. I know him. He's a soldier. Of course I know him. He's not me. He's a fellow who is in the Chinese army. That's right. The Chinese Imperial Army, right? That's right. Yay, Empire. I mean, uh... So anyway, Boy, I hate this movie already. Yeah. So Ping is training to be a soldier in the Chinese Imperial Army. He was summoned to help defend the empire from the invading Huns who have taken the construction of the Great Wall as a challenge to their strength. That's right. Now they're en route directly to the capital and the emperor must be defended. But oh oh yeah yeah uh, go emperor I'm I'm so pro empire woo love your divine authority best best thing about you <laughs> but Ping is not a carefree soldier you see if such a thing could exist for Ping is secretly a woman named Mulan in disguise I would have never guessed that's right is he. or is ping mulan unleashed right set free (laughs) broken free of the gender binary that's right mulan i guess not really (laughs) still in the binary yeah maybe mulan finally sees herself as ping in the mirror and that's her true self that's right mulan moo problems So Mulan is a a young woman who doesn't quite fit into the gender role she's been assigned. That's right. She struggles to fit the mold that her family is and her society are trying to put her into. She wants to uphold her family's honor, specifically her father. And this takes the form of trying to be a good bride and a good daughter. But she can't find a proper suitor because the matchmaker hates her. (laughs) Sadly true, it seems like. When the Huns have invaded China 
the Imperial troops are going around giving summons to all the local families, and with Mulan's father being a previous war hero, the Fa family is called upon to send a soldier, a son or a father, a man. That's right. They're recruiting from all the family, all the households. And why doesn't Mulan want her father to go to war? Because the honorable warrior Fa Zhu has received a a bad injury from days of glory past. That's right. So Mulan, fearing for her father and hating the life in which she suffers, takes up her father's armor, stealing it, and her horse to go and pose as Ping in the Imperial Army, with the help of a little a little jokester dragon along the way. And a lucky cricket. That's right. Oh, yeah. The dragon's name is Mushu. Which translates to Eddie Murphy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, her horse's name is Khan. That's right. And the cricket is just a, like, cricket lucky bug. And somehow I always forget that Mulan is played by Ming-Na Wen from such programs as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And also, I'm pretty sure she was in something else bigger than I'm forgetting right now because I'm tired. That's right. Awesome action star, always fun, and I always forget that this is like one of her early roles from the 90s. Yes. She also uh, did an Elden Ring commercial. Wow, that's super cool. (laughs) Nice. She's also posing as Ping in the Imperial Army. That's okay. I'm for it. That's right. Except for the Imperial part. Ping has to find out what it means to be a man the hard way. Don't we all? By punching a man and slapping his ass. (laughs) Just making a mess everywhere. Just man stuff. Spilling a big white mess all over the place. (laughs) Rice. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to spit and just with... A spit globule oh. hanging off of his mouth. Bathing. Just bathing in the uh, in the river. That's right. Lake, lake river. You know, one of those lake rivers. He needs to learn to be a man, and he does it in the most surefire way imaginable through a montage. That's right. A musical montage. Absolute banger. Be a man. We don't want copyright strikes. <laughs> <laughs> Be a man. Don't stay up at night fearing the strikes. Uh, I do sometimes. That's right. Through this montage and the acquisition of skill, Ping shows his dedication and everyone respects it. It motivates everyone else. There's bonding. You know, it's a little sketchy bonding, but Ping, he's earned the respect of of his peers. That's right. And... In the just the right amount of time, because the Huns have been discovered in the uh, Wuxiang Pass, mm-hmm. and the troops are sent out by Eddie Murphy to go intercept. <laughs> <laughs> Beloved war hero Eddie Murphy. Edward Murphy. Colonel Edward Murphy. That's right. He was trying to keep Shifu, one of the king's advisors, from... Say, uh, writing to the emperor that Captain Li Shang, the captain of Ping's troop, that uh, he wasn't doing a good enough job training them. Uh, Mushu didn't want all of his work to be for naught, and so he forged a letter 
I'd be mad at the King's advisor for that, but he's played by James Hong, one of my favorite actors and voice actors, so I I can't hate him. It's true. I can't even be mad. And like you said, Jack, it's a good thing Mushu forged that letter because it turns out they did need help. That's right. His selfish action led to the correct course of action. Oh, it's kind of a trickster spirit then. Exactly. He's a bit of a dragon. And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, you know how dragons are, always forging documents. (laughs) (laughs) Evading their taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dragons. Yeah. So the troops are marching off to to the pass, where they anticipate they're going to meet up with the Imperial Army run by Li Shang's father. However, when they reach the pass, all they find is carnage and destruction i hate when all i find is carnage and destruction yeah it's like when i wake up every morning and i come out to see what my cat has done yep (laughs) that's right so as they have a bit of memorial for li shang's father the general of the empire they begin to march through the pass toward the imperial city because they know that is the destination of shan yu and the Hun army. However, along the way, Eddie Murphy gets up to some shenanigans. <laughs> now, is this before or after Ping gets outed? This is oh, before. Yeah. Okay. But after Eddie Murphy filmed Coming to America. <laughs> and <laughs> after Eddie Murphy filmed Coming. <laughs> Period. Yes. <laughs> He fires a cannon into the air, giving away the position of the Chinese army. That's right. The Huns. Said that's right a lot. That's right. The Huns, <laughs> they start swarming. They start charging. Their forces are devastating in number. They're all going to die. They're getting ready to sacrifice themselves honorably. Yes. But Ping, Ping, uh, uh, you know, he's got a brain. Yeah. And so he takes the last cannon, runs up. Fires a rocket, you know, a cannon even, and it causes an avalanche. (laughs) Rocket cannons. It causes an avalanche, luckily devastating the Hun army significantly. Murdering hundreds. (laughs) Absolute massacre. But you know, they they were foreign and gray. So they they're buried in snow. Yikes. That's right. And uh We're talking about the animation style here, folks. That's right. And, uh, however, Shan Yu strikes Ping in the stomach, opening a wound. So even though the battle is won, Ping is wounded. Through medical examination, it is revealed that Ping was actually a female-bodied Mulan the entire time. A medical examination? Is that, <laughs> is that, did I miss something? They, uh, Ping was wounded. Oh, so yeah. So they dressed okay. the wound. The doctor... Revealed it to the captain and Shifu. These fucking new Florida laws, man. That's right. But Li Shang was like into uh, was into Ping when he was like a clumsy femboy twink soldier, <laughs> right? Yeah. And but you know now that he's a lady, he is disgusted. That's right. And he <laughs> but he spares Mulan's life because Ping saved his life. And he throws the sword down, and they all leave Mulan in the mountain pass. Now, this is when Sora shows up, right? Yes, that's right. And <laughs> because I played Kingdom Hearts, 
And I'm pretty sure that things played out a little bit differently. That's right. The second the sword, the same. The second the sword hits the ground, simple and clean by Utada, Hikaru starts <laughs> blasting through your speakers. I mean, yeah, yeah. Drowning out dialogue for the next four minutes and fifty-three seconds. I remember <laughs> fighting the like unlimited number of heartless, like flying monsters on this pass. With Mulan by my side. That's right. Well, not actually, because I always just keep Goofy and Donald in my party, but... Yes, as you would. Yeah. Not that I don't like Mulan, but she can only be in that level, so why would I waste all my experience on her? That's right. I forget, why does Mulan end up not going back home and going to the Imperial City? Well, I'm glad you brought it up, because Mulan is uh, grieved by the shunning of her comrades. Yes. She found value in being a good soldier, and it was taken away from her, just because she is a woman, sometimes. <laughs> that can be said for all of us. Hate-based, yes. you know? Yeah. However, while she is grieving, she notices Sean Yu and his most elite soldiers pop out of the snow. Like daisies, to quote Eddie Murphy. <laughs> because daisies often pop out of snow, yes. That's right. And they start making their way to the Imperial City. So Pinglon is like, Making hey, our way downtown. <laughs> I like that Going to kill the emperor. I like that. That's a fun little song. <laughs> <laughs> also, I believe, uh, copyright free, I hope. I hope so, too. That's a tra- traditional Mongolian tune. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Wait, if we were going to ship Mulan, Ping, and Li Shang, we could do uh, Pling Fang. Yeah, I don't like the sound of that. It <laughs> sounds racist. Bling. It sounds like spring fling. Oh, dang. I thought it sounded more like bling, you know. Oh, I like uh, that. I find it troubling. <laughs> I think we should just ship Mulan and Ping. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Fair enough. So. Poulon. That's right. That sounds worse. Poulon. I don't think you have any quarter for judging me now. (laughs) So Grey Poupon realizes (laughs) there's a problem in this city. So she's going to hell. She rides. She rides into the city to meet up with the troops who are giving her the cold shoulder when she shows up, but they're full of shame for it as well. They they really like Mulan, and they really want to acknowledge her, but they, they feel... They like Ping, and Mulan is Ping. Ping is Mulan. That's that right. accurate. We can all contain multitudes. Yeah. They know that this is their friend, but due to societal customs, they are shunning her. Are you telling me that society is bad? Why, where did you get that Joker makeup from? <laughs> I've been wearing it the whole time, Jack. I'm over here laughing because the way I was just like, man, sounded like Owen Wilson. Oh wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> so society is pretty bad. God, can we get an ocean? Osen. Can we get an Owen? That's my Owen Wilson matchup. <laughs> Osen. Can we get an Owen Wilson Joker? That sounds amazing. Oh, Make man. it happen. Yeah. Mulan warns the troops. Li Shang is like, get out of here, Mulan. You're you, getting you your- got- 
You got the wrong chromosomes to be a soldier. That's right. You're going to give us cooties. <laughs> <laughs> and Mulan says the fire line, which might be an epic moment, but you can repeat it later. You would have trusted Ping. So why can't you trust Mulan, right? That's paraphrasing, boom, right? Boom. Yeah, that was Mike drop. That was a that was a pipe bomb. That's right. You would have trusted Ping. Why is Mulan any different? Yeah. And he's like, oh, dang, you really got me, right? That's in his face. He's saying that. So they're in the city. The Huns were hiding out in the parade dragon. Yes. They burst out, kidnapped the emperor. It's crazy. Barricade the door. Wait, they kidnapped the emperor? I'm suddenly on the side of the Huns. That's right. They're all honeys. And so, <laughs> Sean Yu. More psychic damage. <laughs> Sean Yu, who was hidden inside, uh, is trying to force the emperor to submit to his will. But it is not going well. Back outside the, ca the castle, however, Mulan... Meets back up with her troops and says, like, hey, I've got a plan. You want to save the emperor? Come with me. And her most trusted friends team up with her and dress up as castle concubines. Yeah. In one of the greatest scenes in filmmaking history. And it starts playing the song Bio Man again. It's Which is great. just great. And then Lee Shang shows up as well, you know, wearing his classic thing he feels comfortable in <laughs> and they all use Mulan's Ping's technique to climb the pillars into the temple very epic very cool yeah very epic very moment yes and it's actually the same way that Ping climbed the pole to get at that arrow earlier in the film that's right inside the temple the concubine crew kicks the shit out of some Huns and they make their way <laughs> up to the Emperor in Shan Yu, where Mulan's friends save the Emperor by taking a, a uh, what do you call it, a zip line. Yeah, you out know, from one the of those uh, ancient yeah. Chinese zip lines. Yes. Uh, uh, it's medieval, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. And so they escape. Mulan cuts the rope, and now she's in a 1v1 against Shan Yu. Who is enraged seeing when Mulan puts her hair up that she is Ping, the soldier who foiled his troops in the mountain pass. He's also like, boy, ladies can't be soldiers. That's right. He goes on a big conservative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all implied it's, in the face. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the liberal media that makes you think that you can participate with your trophies and et cetera, et cetera. That's right. It's, uh... My best Miguel Ferreira impersonation. There you go. And uh, Mulan, using their guile and technique, uses unconventional fighting methods to thwart Sean Yu, and Eddie Murphy explodes him with bombs. Yes. <laughs> In one of the most violent Disney final battles of all time. That's right. Sean Yu is exploded by hundreds of fireworks in a tower. The explosion is so massive, people like a quarter mile away need to duck for cover. <laughs> a mushroom cloud over these fireworks. <laughs> do, you, do you think we should check his pulse? <laughs> 
Sure, I see his arm it. over there. You just grab it and check it. Or is it wrist? I see his wrist over there. <laughs> was the joke oh, I should have made? Not my palm. Yes. Can, you check, can you check a pulse in my palm? Yes. Mulan and the troops gather around the emperor. I like the idea that all that's left of somebody is their wrist. How does it's a really unique injury? It's not even burned or anything. It like cauterized on both ends. Yeah, because the hand and the rest of the arm came off. All that survived was the wrist. Maybe he was wearing bracers. It's still alive. Yeah. I think he'll make a full recovery. <laughs> Maybe he'll go back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I learned something. When my time is a wrist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, building the wall, it was never about me. You just wanted to feel safe. My bad, guys. <laughs> but that's not what happened in the film. Right. What happened was Mulan and her friends go to greet the emperor and the emperor is like hey mulan you did some crazy shit and i respect it and then he bows to her and everyone in the whole country bows and it's awesome did i say country i meant kingdom Close i meant enough. empire in the capital and that's right and they all bow even though she is now at this point viewed publicly as a woman which is pretty epic. He offers her a, a counselor job as one of his royal advisors, which she does not take up because she wants to go visit her family. Yeah. Aw. That's right. Most unbelievable part of the movie. Also, <laughs> wanting to see your family. And turning down a cushy job. Oh, yeah. Would be really hard to get. Mulan, returning home, visits her father, who Mulan presents the sword of Shan Yu, the seal of the emperor, and says, I've brought you honor. And he says, the best honor there is, is having you as a daughter. Yeah. Epic, right? And uh, it's pretty much like she saved the day, uh, got away with everything, but didn't get the guy, except he shows up for dinner. Boom. And the grandma wants him to fuck. <laughs> She's Grandmas like always want him to fuck. Mulan asks if uh, Li Shang wants to stay for dinner, and the grandma's like, "Want to stay forever? <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to engage in copious amounts of intercourse with my granddaughter? Because I'm for it. You know how grandmas be. <laughs> Thanks, grandma. <laughs> and uh, nice wingman. And then uh, Mushu gets to be a family guardian again. Nice ancestors yeah. allow it. He deserves it. And then it plays uh, a banger song for the credits. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to watch the remake and see how they uh, make Mushu like, as epic as he was in this movie. Mm. That's right. Maybe maybe they eat Mushu in one of the scenes. Like the food, <laughs> not the dragon. Okay, okay. Thank you. That <laughs> Eddie Murphy is just like laying down on the table being eaten. <laughs> it's like a fucking... <laughs> Like, it's like an eyes wide shut party. <laughs> oh, God. Uh -oh. I've never seen it. I haven't either. I'm just assuming that they eat off of naked people. 
<laughs> Maybe not. I think they have an orgy or something. Eh, close enough. It would just be so good if in the Mulan remake they're eating food off of naked Eddie Murphy and don't acknowledge it in the scene. <laughs> never bring that it up. great. And he never speaks a word of dialogue. Beloved comedian <laughs> known for his voluble style, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> well, guys, that was a pretty concise and short <laughs> summary. We should probably head into the delve. Welcome to the Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scenes, and lore of Mulan. Now, guys, I have a deep philosophical question for you here. As we know, Mulan exists within the Kingdom Hearts universe. But, (laughs) but, given what we know, that when Sora visits the Dragonlands, it basically replays the plot of this film as if it's happening for the first time. Is the Kingdom Hearts universe simply a world where we are doomed to relive the events of our past over and over again? And what implications does that have for our own universe? Since we, too, live in a Kingdom Hearts universe. That makes sense. That makes sense. Is it not the case that when Sora restores the world, it undoes what happens? It might be. It It might might be. be. So maybe that is the way that by unlocking the gates, the doors, the keyholes, the locks, as it were. Yes. That Sora is removing us from this cycle. Yeah. So yeah. this is like post Sora has cleansed this film, this world. Okay, so this happens after the Kingdom Hearts game. Potentially, but like Mushu could have still been Norded or whatever. Norded? Corrupted by Xanort. Oh. He got Norded. Well, Mushu is one of your summons. That makes sense. But that's why it would be so tragic if he was replaced with a digital double. It would be. It would be. All right, well, since we got that out of the way, this morning I was thinking a thought. I was wondering, is Mulan a film with good representation? By which I mean, this takes place in China. The center of the world. (laughs) Thank you, Jack. It features, you know, at least partially an Asian cast. Not completely, of course, because it was a Hollywood movie from the 90s, and we can't Barely get that from Hollywood movies today. But I was wondering this morning if, like, younger Asian audiences would appreciate the movie or if it would seem like pandering or just it wouldn't connect with them. And then I could not have planned this more perfectly because today I asked my students to write about a piece of media that had influenced them in one way or another, positively or negatively. And one of my students, again, I could not have planned this more perfectly if I tried to. I did not ask them to write about a Disney film. I did not ask them to write about Mulan. One of my students wrote about Mulan. You have students? (laughs) I have many students. (laughs) I have an an entire world of listeners. (laughs) What did they say about Mulan? They said that it was one of their favorite movies and one of the pieces of media that had the biggest impact on them because, again, it was one of the first times that they got to have an action star character who looked like them. They felt represented 
by the character of Mulan. And I thought that was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Because really I cool. had just been thinking about it this morning, knowing that we we're going to be recording today. Like, does this movie have good representation? It's always hard to know, especially with older films, but even with films today. I'm glad you had an answer to your own question because I was sitting here like a deer in headlights, the like, sweating oh bullets. God, like, what does he actually expect me to do? I cannot speak to this. Sure, exactly. <laughs> and I couldn't either. That's why the question was. Like, sticking with me, I don't know if I willed it into the world or yeah. what, but I gave this prompt for my English class, and that was one of the answers I got. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Yeah, now, yeah. When it comes to depicting other cultures in media, uh, there are several big issues that can come up. There are. Big whoopsies? Big, big whoopsies. whoopsies. Is a big whoopsie an oof? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Real, real major oof cultural oof yeah uh oh uh the two i would be looking out for the most sensitively in this context were like villainizing a culture yeah. by showing that their ways are bad yes or ethnocentrism as yes, we call it exactly or quote unquote barbaric or showing like ooh look how exotic and foreign these people are right yes. they don't even look human let's draw them to look like demons. Ashen skin, glowing eyes. I'm glad you brought up the Mongolians. <laughs> <laughs> I merely gave an example. In this movie, Sean Yu is the leader of the Hun army. Now, historically, the Huns and the Chinese got up to a few scuffles. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was scuffed all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big oof. But these were all human beings. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. Which means... Thank you for stating that. They should look like humans. But they they might have... This film could have easily inspired such films as The Great Wall, starring Matt Damon. Oh, God. Because the Hun army, which comes from Mongolia... Yes. Is portrayed very inhumanly. Oh, yes. God. I've never seen that movie. In this one, they are portrayed inhumanly. Yes, it's true. So I guess I can extrapolate yeah. from there. I yes. mean, at least Sean Yu is. That's right. They all are. I dude. guess they all are. Yeah. They're all, they have gray skin. Yeah. They're gray because they're gray. And <laughs> okay. what, what should be the whites of their eyes is black, right? That's just Sean Yu. Oh. Maybe that's what I was But thinking. Sean Yu, the whites of his eyes are black, and the color of his eyes his are- irises. Are bright orange. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, super hereditary for Mongolian people, but- <laughs> I'm guessing no. Also, Maybe it's has... some form of hepatitis we don't know about. <laughs> hey, when I had hepatitis, my eyes did turn- yellow but yes. they didn't glow <laughs> they didn't glow the white didn't turn black no. and he had claws at the end of his fingers and sharp fanged teeth yeah so i think what jack is getting at is that there is an unfortunate tradition of dehumanizing actual human cultures for the sake of cartoonish effect Damn, I was getting excited for a second that they might have been shifters in disguise as humans. That would have been sick and also still been the same issue. Yes. Yeah. You're so right. Well, they even show him like 
He's always kind of like hunched, kind of like some sort of creature. Yeah. He slinks on four like limbs sometimes. He poses like a gargoyle. Yeah. He basically looks like a gargoyle. Now, it is fascinating to me to consider that this film was made before, I believe, what I would say is the modern effort of appealing to audiences across the world broadly and sacrificing certain cultures or elements of culture to have a broader appeal for Asian markets and other global markets. Basically what I'm getting at is today, a lot of movies are funded by China or partially funded by Chinese investors. And therefore there's a lot of concern about upsetting the Chinese market. This movie, I think was created before that was an issue, but the recent remake of Mulan definitely suffered because of this trend. Yes, definitely. And this is not me saying anything negative about like the people of China or anything. Obviously I'm just saying there is a, a trend in a lot of modern filmmaking to really not upset certain markets. Yes. In my life, I've encountered majorly queer erasure to please Chinese audiences. And other audiences, just global audiences. Yeah, it's true. Disney might like pay lip service to queer people in America, but it's always in a way that can easily be edited out. Right. For any other market. Right. So that's one thing. I also wanted to give another continual shout out to the poor representation of Mongolians in media who are just one of the Shout out is not the word we're looking for. <laughs> you want to draw attention. I'd to like to call out the media. There we go. For abusing the Mongolian histories. Very good. Uh, Sean Yu, effectively a gargoyle beast man. Uh, total badass. However, bad representation. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's a good villain. Yeah. But he's, he's also played by Miguel Ferreira, who was a wonderful actor who I missed very dearly, but we weren't even getting an Asian actor to play this dehumanized version of a hun. Maybe that's better. I don't know. Yeah. And I also already called out the movie The Great Wall with yes. Matt Damon. And we should call it out all the time. Even when we're not talking about movies related to it in any way. We have not watched it. But the plot of the movie is that Mongolians are monstrous demons wow. who are literally monstrous demon beasts yeah. Yeah. attacking the wall. Not even vaguely human. They're just following what I call Snyder's Law. Which is dehumanizing real world cultures to make your shitty, xenophobic, nationalistic movie. That's right. There's no moral ambiguity if they aren't humans. And uh, also, Warhammer Fantasy oh, is God. one I've come across recently. Where the uh, the Mongolians are big, f- uh, fat, ugly, uh, cannibal uh, ogres. Why does Mongolia exist in Warhammer? The fantasy setting is vaguely an Earth map. Oh, okay. They're not called Mongolians. There's, they live in Mongolia. And they are stylistically, visually Mongolian. Jesus fuck. 
And China is a respectable human empire. Oh, That follows, God. like, Taoism, basically. Oh, so, wow. China gets to be, like, elegant humans, and Mongolia are ugly bastard <laughs> cannibal ogres. Please don't cut this content out of context. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, but it's just like, I keep noticing Mongolia just getting the dealt the worst hand in media. It's like, come on, man. That's brutal. They've existed since the Hun times, also. There's, like, modern Mongolia. Yeah, our friend Sam is part Mongolian. But anyway, I think... I gave Mongolia the little, the little defense I feel it should have. So, why do we think this happens, though? Well, the Huns were, like, a pretty badass military force back in the day. Non-white military force. Yeah, I mean, I guess that could be a, a contributing factor, but, I mean, culturally, we laud, like, the Vikings and... Like, other warrior people. It's propaganda used to, or designed to control the narrative to make, you know, one group of people, the dominant, whoever is controlling the dominant culture or dominant narrative, to make them smell like roses. It's true. Uh, Mongolians, at the time of the Huns, didn't have maybe any written language. Like, they they did not put things pen to paper. Right. Which is how history lasts. That's right. They were time. busy getting shit done. Meanwhile, China uh, had paper. Yeah. They I mean, valued the written word quite a bit. And they were the ones who hated the Huns at that time. And the ones making the history. As an English teacher, an anthropologist, and a history buff, I can tell you that there is great power to be had by those who were able to write things down, whether they deserved it or not. So, a lot of the history we know of the Huns is through people who did not like the Huns. Because the Huns messed up the Romans, who wrote down things a lot. Yeah. And the Huns messed up China, who wrote things down a lot. So a lot of our accounts are from people who were victimized by the Hun armies. <laughs> History is written by the victors, it's very true. Yeah, in this case, I would say both of those people lost quite a few times. <laughs> Not that I am encouraging those military conflicts. No. You know, guys, before we move on, I want to talk about something I've been thinking about quite a bit. What's that? It's our patrons. Oh, good. It's not something horrifying. It's something amazing. You scared me for a second. Well, you know me. I am mysterious as the dark side of the moon. That's true. Yes. You're a real yin-yang type. <laughs> I want to be the yin, but I'm worried I'm the yang. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but you know who's the yin to our yang? It's our patrons. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Our patrons are the people who support our show every month with their generous donations. And for those donations, what do they get? They get something pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, they get to vote on movies that we watch and bonus episodes whenever I get a chance to get them up there. They also get ducks. So many ducks. Whenever I draw them. Whenever they come quacking through, I give them to you. Ooh. Very nice. 
That seems like a good offer. That's right. But we should probably keep talking about the movie, not trying to sell ourselves to the world. That's right. Well, guys, uh, on the next note that I have here, it looks like this word that we're going to be talking about next is gender. That's right. What is, <laughs> what's that all about? What's this thing? Hashtag gender rules, huh? Well, Mulan is a woman sometimes. And Ping is a man all the time. And, uh, <laughs> and what a man. Yes. I mean, the lesson that I got out of the Mulan Ping journey was that uh, you are who you are inside and it shouldn't limit your relationships. Or, yes, or I your like that. Or your capacity. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jamie. As displayed by two absolute banger songs. Yeah. Uh, That song, I don't remember what it's called, Reflections or whatever, where Mulan is singing about how she doesn't feel like the life she's living is her truest self, right? Yeah, because her family and her community are pushing her to take on a traditional female or like feminine woman role uh which means that she is graceful and poised and like is obedient to her husband and father and um that's how she brings honor to her family and community right and of course she is not married yet the we mentioned the main way that she feels she can be useful to her community and display her value is to go to the matchmaker and be wed off. But when the opportunity comes up for her to go fight to defend her country, she kind of realizes that, that is a better fit for her. Yes. And it turns out she is correct. Yeah, but in the song that Jack was talking about, um, she sings about like hope, wishing for the day basically when she can look into the mirror and recognize who's looking back at her. Yes, that's Ooh, yeah, right. That is a powerful line. Which is of course something like 99% of trans people can relate to. Yeah. That song was like the trans experience in song form. Every, every line was like designed to speak to that experience it seemed like to me and i don't i think it was by accident yeah it's true it's basically just saying like i'm not satisfied with my role and my life i want to be able to have freedom of expression and freedom to be who i am right yeah which is still like a trans thing to feel yeah Mm -hmm. but also She's literally saying the lyrics like, who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? When will my reflection show who I am inside? Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good point. Which was not intended, like you're saying, to be representative of dysphoria. But it absolutely is. (laughs) But it 100% is dysphoria. I mean, so much of this movie, you can read that way. And I think it's a really strong reading. And she talks about trying to be the woman that her family wants her to be and how that's like a performance. And she says she despairs, like, I will never pass. Right. Yeah. 
because she's just trying to be something that she's not. That's right. And in a lot of situations where I've asked people in real life, like, what does it mean to be a man? Right? Mm -hmm. When you get past what Western societies consider just like the physical aspects of sure. it. You say, what does it mean to be a man? Uh, a lot of people will uncomfortably start saying stereotypes. Yes. Like swift as a coursing river. Yeah. St strong as a great typhoon. Yeah, yeah. Mysterious as the dark side of the moon. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, as a man, I know I'm very mysterious. <laughs> that's right. When uh, no one can pin us down, none I, of us. I think yeah. that line is supposed to be like stone faced, right? You're not supposed to be able to tell what they're feeling. It's talking about stoicism. Yeah. That's right. You're not supposed to have any emotions. Just bottle it up. One day you'll die. <laughs> That's we call that the male journey. That's right. <laughs> and. uh but yeah, I thought it was so funny when Ping first goes to the join the army. He's like uh, talking to Mushu. He's just like, uh, you get those manly urges. You just got to kill something <laughs> yeah. or cook outdoors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the way that this movie plays with stereotype is so fun, right? Like yeah. a lot of the humor, I think, really works because of these cultural biases and like, it holds a mirror up to how ridiculous it is. Yeah. It's totally right. It's so funny when Mushu is trying to teach Ping how to socialize. He's like, uh, like, punch him. They like that. Yeah. And to this tough guy, uh, Ping punches him in the back of the head. And <laughs> he does not like it. He gets thrust into his bigger friend, Chimpo's stomach, and Chimpo hugs him and goes, Oh, Zhao, you made a friend. <laughs> like, completely excited for him. He was just punched in the back of the head. It's like, Oh, wow, you made a friend. Oh, my God. And he just kind of like threatens Ping. But then Ping slaps his ass. <laughs> <laughs> now spank him. And he smacks his ass and just goes, whoa, I'm going to hit you so hard it'll make your ancestors dizzy. <laughs> and uh, Chimpo like calms him down with some like monk meditations and mantras. It works until Mushu like insults him again. <laughs> It starts this massive brawl, which is just hilarious. It's just, yeah, the the way they comedically examine masculinity is just, it's it's a real joy ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of their best motivations for go getting through all the grueling hours of training and marching to battle and everything is thinking about pretty girls. That's which right. Which I think is great. I mean, relatable. There's that <laughs> song, A Girl Worth Fighting For. Yes. Yeah. Now, of course, it also banks on understanding of culturally preferred modes, right? Men are supposed to pursue pretty girls according to the song lyrics and kind of the concept. That's right. But uh, Captain I Lee Shang is obviously bisexual. Because of his attraction to Ping. And Mulan. Yes. I think it it's fair. Yeah. Yes. At least or, bisexual. Or maybe pansexual. Um could be. So one thing though that I wanted to talk about Mushu is looking good. How <laughs> there are 
ways that Eddie Murphy. like in manhood you can appreciate things that don't necessarily fit into like traditional male roles and like what you can what is acceptable so like men like pretty things but it's it's only okay to appreciate them in association with a woman traditionally speaking yeah i understand what you're saying yeah 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 and, 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 that is the that is the culturally accepted. Yeah, and form. in this limiting form of masculinity, you know, it is ironic to consider the fact that you know culturally in our culture certainly there is an emphasis on like girls, you know, women looking pretty. Men are supposed to want to get together with pretty girls, but men are also culturally not supposed to appreciate pretty things. That aren't female bodies. Right. It is a weird dichotomy that we strike. That's right. Uh, When we're looking at, in that very same song, A Girl Worth Fighting For, uh, some of Mulan's closest friends are singing about their ideal woman, their ideal wife back home, right? There's a... you know, physical attributes from Ling, like, I want her paler than the moon with eyes that shine like stars, right? And then uh, Zhao talks about uh, someone who will adore him for his physical strength and his, like, battle scars, right? And then uh, Chien Po sings about how he wants a wife that can cook really delicious food. Yeah. A line that through my life has been interpreted many different ways. I can see that. Because I remember there was a number of years when I was younger and my friends and I were like, that line was kind of fucked up, right? Like, I want a wife that cooks good for me, but then now yeah, that I mean, we're that is little... a That is a cultural expectation of domesticity. Exactly. And, uh, for a while in American culture, that was a problematic point of view. But if you don't cook very much, wanting someone who's good at cooking, I think, is a very common, desirable trait, actually. I mean, I think it is a trait that any of us can want in a partner. Exactly. Yeah. And we should also strive to be good cooks ourselves. Yeah. We would all like our partners to be hot, appreciative of us, and good cooks. So, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be a male or female thing, certainly. So I think that kind of the issue is that so often these qualities are assigned to one gender or one sex or another, right? But yeah. if we generalize them, it doesn't seem so bad. It's true. There's also uh, the song way earlier on, uh, You'll Bring Honor to Us All when Mulan is getting ready to go see the matchmaker, where they're making her very pretty. Yeah. They're saying, your value comes from being a slave to your husband. They're like, uh, they're making her very beautiful, according to them caking her face with makeup right. putting her in a very traditional outfit that's hard to move around in they they say perfect porcelain dolls is right. the metaphor they use for them mm. and they say uh like a good wife is like calm obedient and works fast paced yeah. yeah it's a slave you have a yeah. pretty doll that yeah. works for you not good. No. Yeah. So not good. Mulan doesn't like it. 
there's even a scene where she's looking at her reflection in the mirror and it's like she's perfectly done up according to their standards and she licks her finger and twirls a piece of hair out of place just to show that she's quirky. Yeah. <laughs> and she is. She wants to express herself like I believe all humans want. That's right. And yeah. the grandma helps to break that gender role for her a little bit by, you know, she's been around. She can see where it doesn't have value. And so she's trying to help Mulan get that freedom, which is awesome. It's true. Yeah. The grandma's great. Yeah. The grandma's really cool. That's right. So we get a song about how being a woman is being a beautiful slave and how... Uh, we get a song in the movie about how being a man is being like nature itself in its indomitable mystery. <laughs> but I mean, that is the fun part about the movie to me is that we get these songs about these roles and Mulan breaks it all, right? Yeah. Mulan yeah. becomes Ping. Ping is a soldier without equal. Like John Cena. Much like John Cena or John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. She is able to do all the things that her male counterparts are expected to do. And she's the best at them. <laughs> and she naturally thinks outside of the box, which uh, as Ping, she brings from her days as Mulan. Like, honestly, Lee Shang is like their fitness coach basically yeah uh ping is the one who motivates everybody yeah absolutely ping sets the example for how everyone should be like rethinking things yeah. and like that drive yeah everyone models their behavior after ping <laughs> well i mean and i think one of the important parts about ping slash mulan as a character is that thinking outside the box it's the way that they come to their solutions to things. You know, all the guys are trying to brute force their ways up the pole to get the arrow. Ping innovates and finds a new way to climb using the uh, the sheet, right? The it's almost as if including the perspectives of everyone makes the whole group stronger. Yeah, it's almost like that. Yeah. Yes. So it, you could say that if we had better queer representation and queer voices were uplifted more that we might be able to rethink the way we live and it could enrich everyone's lives. You could say that. Yeah, one might. Yeah. It's true. This movie is like accidentally like near near perfect <laughs> trans re representation, like just queer representation in my mind by accident. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes by accident is the best you can get. And that sucks. But then it's like, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the film or the piece of media with that being the case. Yeah. All right, guys. There's a lot of stuff going on in this movie, but I think we've kind of hit our main notes here. Why don't we head into the smithy? Welcome to the Smithy, where we each forge a rating for this movie after we share an epic moment or feature from the film. Cass, do you want to tell us your epic moment or feature and then give us a rating from one to ten swords? 
<laughs> I do, Jamie. Sorry, from one to ten, manly swords. Ew. <laughs> I mean, awesome. That's just a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'll In stand this on that. Um, You'll stand on a penis? <laughs> New bottom surgery just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I gotta say, my epic moment is when Ping figures out a clever way to get up that there pole and get that there arrow. Freaking awesome. It's during the end of the montage of Be a Man. It's right when... That's why it's your favorite part. Lee, yeah. But <laughs> it's also right when Lee Shang was basically giving Ping the go-ahead to just go home because he didn't think that he would cut it out as a soldier. And so... And Ping is like, no, I gotta stay here and kill some people. Ping could have gone home and uh, everything would have been different, but... He decided to stay and was like, I can do this. I know I can. And after that, everything fell into place. But I just like that it shows the fire inside. It's great. Very nice. Completely yeah. awesome. Strength and discipline. I'm going to give this movie an 8 out of 10 manly swords that are penises. Because, like, for most of the messages... And the story surrounding Mulan and Ping, it would get a 10 out of 10. But it loses a couple points for the problematic representation of the Huns. That's fair. And the enthusiastic support of imperialism. Right. Which we didn't get much chance to talk about, but it's there. The specter of imperialism. We see a few things that could be problematic. Well, that are, but are just unexamined. Exactly. Which is a problem. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but overall, it's a great movie. Great songs. I was so excited to talk about this with you guys and to watch the movie again, even though we saw it not that long ago. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't get tired of this film. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend if you've never seen it, which I can't even imagine. So I don't know what I'm saying that, but, you know, just in case. Stranger things have happened. Bit odd, isn't it? <laughs> How about you, Jack? Do you want to tell us your epic moment or feature and then give us a rating from 1 to 10 manly swords? Yeah. That are, that are penises. That's right. So, <laughs> this movie, I've been watching it for longer than I can remember. It came out the year I was born. And I don't remember that either. <laughs> I do. Right. And uh, was I there? Anyway, kind of. <laughs> yeah. That's a philosophical question. That's right. <laughs> what is consciousness? Yes. Physicists are still trying to figure that out. See? <laughs> it's something that helps me enjoy this film, which I have been watching my entire life. It's definitely one of my comfort films. Uh, Probably my second favorite Disney movie. Nice. After Hercules. Ah, you mean Hercules. Yes. I do. And uh, that's the world's first dish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean Astin. Yes. yes. And, uh, you know, I I've seen this movie like a trillion times. I'm going to watch it like a quadradecillion more times. It's 
I, it, it's just, I love it so much. Since I love it so much, I, I definitely can't dock it too many points for its problematic nature, just because it was so helpful in my formative years. And, uh, you know, now that I'm trans, it, it just resonates with new value. So it's I, pretty I great. I get that, Jack. That's right. And uh, all that being said, I'm probably going to have to give it nine out of ten erect penises that were stood on until they were mashed and completely severed from the body. And forged in the swords. That's right. <laughs> what about you, though, Jamie? <laughs> What is your epic moment and or feature in rating out of one to ten sword penises? It's a good thing we're explicit. <laughs> is, it a, is it a sword <laughs> penis or a penis sword? It's manly. Okay. I think my epic moment is when Mulan and the three soldiers are disguised as concubines sneaking into the palace yes. to the tune of Be a Man. Yes. That to me is possibly one of the great moments in filmmaking because it is such a send up of the idea of gender roles and what it means to be masculine or feminine. It just, it feels like that is the pivot point, right? We're like, okay, up to this point, you could see the movie obviously like with Mulan, like I said earlier, like being the example for these guys, for what it is to be manly You've got those elements up to that point, but this is where we see this inversion of so many of the tropes and everything. And it's really, to me, pointing out just how ridiculous it is the way that we try to fit people into these very narrow boxes. Yeah. These really small and small-minded ideas of gender and sex and so many other things when people contain multitudes, right? We yeah. all have elements of ourselves that are culturally considered more masculine, culturally considered more feminine. And across cultures, there are very few universals for any of this stuff. It's true. So to me, like these three dudes dressed as concubines sneaking through the castle with Mulan, who is, you know, also living this kind of double life or whatever like not really but you know what i'm saying like she is having to pretend that she's not who she is to have any role in the military with this song playing is just so funny so that's my epic moment it's so great yeah as far as my rating goes i think i would probably give this movie eight out of ten manly swords nice it's really fun i agree with all the critiques and all of the praise we've given it, I think that there is so much good about it that if we can contextualize the problematic elements and kind of understand where they fit within the filmmaking tradition and not to excuse them for that, to highlight them as much as we have, like the dehumanizing portrayal of Mongolian people, very, very much not a cool thing and something that I have an issue with but understanding the context, I think, is important to saying that I can appreciate the film because I am capable of understanding where it misfires. So I think I definitely suggest people watch it, but go into it knowing what to expect and knowing how to deconstruct the issues with it. Yeah. 
That checks out. But it does such a good deconstruction itself of gender and sex. You got to give it a good rating. Mm -hmm. And by you, I mean me, who is rating it right now. Yes. So eight out of ten big old erect swords. Nice. But hey, that'll pretty much do it for us here this week on Swords and Satire. As always, if you enjoyed the show, maybe consider following us on social media at Swords and Satire on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you do, you can keep up with what we do here, you can get in touch with us, and you can see all the memes that I put up there that I'm super good and totally not behind on at all. They're always super fun to see. Uh, but you know what we're doing next week, guys? I don't have a damn clue. Please tell us. We're gonna heckin' talk about the second season of Castlevania. We just talked about the first season of Castlevania, and it was a blast! That's so true. And also, I love Castlevania. How did you know? I think it's because we've been together for over 20 years. Oh, yeah, that's probably it. (laughs) That's right. Looking forward to that content. And, of course, we mentioned our Patreon earlier, and a big thank you to them. But if you don't have a few extra imperial coins with those neat square holes in the center from China to toss toward your favorite satirists. We'll take any money you can throw at us. (laughs) That's right. If you have uh, medieval Chinese coins, please send them our way. Uh, But if you don't have that, another great way you can support us is by sharing the show with your friends and family because what better way is there to enjoy your favorite content than with your favorite people watch the stuff we watch listen to our episode make farting noises and laugh <laughs> laugh that's at what we do it's a beautiful thing that's right have a family meal off of eddie murphy's body <laughs> the way god intended eat sushi off of eddie murphy why sushi Because we have that waiting for us. That's right. And we'd better get to it. All right. Well, until next time. Hail Crom!